There is a candle in every soul. You're listening to Lit Speak with Some Patty Sheen on Bob Talk Radio. Some dark There is a spirit who brings a fire, ignites a candle, and makes his own. Morning and welcome. Here we praise the truth in God's creation through the ideas inspired by human imagination. During this hour, we hope to ignite your candle that you may use it to brighten the darkest corners in your world. Morning again. We're welcome. We're and welcome to Let's Speak right here on Blog Talk Radio and the Road Less Traveled Internet Ministries. As you join us on this journey, we invite you to listen for an idea that will inspire you to tap into your imagination. It is Tuesday, March thirty first. Derek, can you believe it? Last day of March. It's the last day of March, and we have something to celebrate because Let's Speak has been on the air for three months. You're kidding. Yes. Yeah. It only seems like eight years. (laughs) (laughs) Well, probably putting up with me, I'm sure. We we started our first show the 6th of January. I'll be gone three months. Well, congratulations. Well, congratulations to both of us. Yeah, that's a big deal. (laughs) Three months and we're still on the air. That's fantastic. I think we've had a wonderful time so far. Yes, we have. It's it's been wonderful. We've had had some amazing guests and we've Mm -hmm. learned a lot of things and I think think we've been inspired by some things. And oh, we hope that our absolutely. listeners have been inspired. And yep. It's been really fun, and I, we're always working to evolve the show and mm-hmm. bring new dimensions to it and come up with new ideas. I didn't get your gift or anything, Pat. I don't know what oh, to say. That's, that's all right. I understand. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shoot. But it is tomorrow's April Fool's Day. Yes, tomorrow's April Fool's Day. So boy, wait to see wait wait to see what I have in store for Derek then. Hey, I was gonna I was gonna ask you. Yeah. Uh because uh and you were talking with our guest off off air here before we went on air. Um you know, about we have the guests and, and authors and you read their books and everything and I'm imagining, you know, wow, you read a you probably read a lot. But but now April first is coming up. Actual April fifth and April sixth, the Rockies are going to start playing. How do you know, fit that in? I know it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. I well, know, you know what a Rockies fan you are. Actually, you know what's going to save me? I think is that I I don't have a Kindle in itself, uh-huh. but I have a Kindle app on my phone. Uh-huh. And the funny thing is, even though I am kind of visually impaired, I can sit and read from that phone for hours. <laughs> So I'll just have my little phone right next to me every time there's a break or if the other team is up at bat and who wants to bother to watch them. Oh, I, yeah, know, I just I know can. what a huge Rockies fan you are. <laughs> yes, I am. In fact, I'm pretty soon. Now I'm counting days. Soon I'll be counting hours until that opening game. You've got yeah, what, six days? Six days. Six days. They start on Monday. Yes, they start on Monday. <laughs> so. We should probably get to the guest. Well, I, I would think so, Yes. <laughs> Our guest today loves ancient history, adventure, and the Lord. What better way to bring the three together than through the creation of biblical fiction? Stephanie Lansom is a Minnesota wife and the mother of four children, three cats, and we can't forget to mention Mo the tortoise. (laughs) Probably the most important member of the family. We'll have to ask Steph about that. She is the author of the Living Well series, which comprises three books, the Well, which was released in June of 2013. Excuse me, Living Water Series. Do you know how many times I wrote Living Well, Stephanie? I'm so sorry. <laughs> Living Water Series, my goodness. Which, which comprises three books. The Well, which was released in June of 2013. The Thief, which was released in February of 2014. And her latest and third book, this is very exciting, was released on the 17th of March. And the name of it is The Tomb, A Novel of Martha. Mm. Let's tell folks where Stephanie can be found out there in, in cyberspace. She can be found at www.stephanielansom, last name spelled L-A-N-D-S-E-M.com. That's her website. Mm-hmm. She can be found on Facebook under the same name. And on Twitter, she is Steph 
S-T-E-P-H, Lansom. Welcome, Stephanie. We're thrilled to have you here today. Well, hi, Patty. It's nice to be with you. Well, like a I fun do program. I, well, I do apologize that I couldn't even get the name of your series right. It's so embarrassing when I make a mistake like that. My goodness. But it is, once That's again, okay. it is the Living Water series. And I, what I was working on in my notes, I, I don't know how many times I wrote Living Well. Why am I doing that? It's just well, those, it's a, you know, it's a Jesus thing, a woman at the well. You know, I guess. All kinds of I things. don't know. Sorry. I don't know. It's okay. <laughs> we better let Stephanie talk. She's going to think, my goodness, we're five minutes into the show and I haven't said a word yet. Stephanie, <laughs> t- tell us about your three books. Oh, I'm perfectly fine not talking. I'll tell you, I'm <laughs> right off the bat. I'm I'm somewhat of an introvert, and I'd much rather listen to people talk than talk than hear my own voice. So, so don't worry about me. Just go ahead. Um, yeah, my three books. It is the Living Water series, and now I'm going to probably say the Living Well. Now that I heard you say it, it's maybe it's them. Maybe because you want to read the well is why you can write it that way. There you go. I have not read that one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, well, this series, um, it, you know, it started out with the story of the uh, Samaritan woman at the well. That was my inspiration. And what it turned into was a series of three books about encounters with Jesus in the, that comes straight out of the Gospel of John. I mean, I use all of the New Testament um, for my research and characters and all that, but it's primarily from John's Gospel because I just love the Gospel of John so much. So, and and what they really are is, um, you know, we know about things that Jesus did. They're like I think of those things that Jesus did, those encounters, as like a stone thrown in a pond, you know, and you see that splash of he met the woman at the well or he cured the man born blind. But I like to kind of imagine what the ripples might have been, you know, the ripple effect. Mm-hmm. Like what happened afterwards? What? How did those? How did that encounter that this individual had with Jesus, um, you know, affect their lives, their families, their communities, and even strangers around them? So that's, I think, what I really wanted to explore with these books. And so yeah, it's the well, which is the Samaritan woman at the well. The Thief, which you've read, um, yes. and The Tomb. I love The Thief. It's the story of the blind man that is made to see by, oh, okay. by yeah. Jesus and how that affects not only him but his family. And just like Stephanie said, it affects all the people around him. And we we like to think that because Jesus performed these wonderful miracles that that person's life all of a sudden became right. fantastic. And it probably wasn't that way. And I think you did a very good job of portraying that fact in that book, Stephanie. Right. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, The Thief was is really about two people uh, who witnessed that miracle. I mean, it is yes. also about the man born blind who mm-hmm. I named Cedron. But it's mostly about his sister who saw his saw him regain his sight and still didn't really know what to think of Jesus and she had her own difficulties and um problems and she needed she couldn't get past those in order to believe in this messiah even though she saw what he'd done um and then it's also about a roman a roman soldier who witnessed this miracle and was completely blown away because he'd never even heard of a messiah didn't know what to think of the jews in general and yet he couldn't stop wondering what this meant that someone could could cure someone of blindness. Mm-hmm. Um, so that those are the two people in the thief, and and I really like those characters. Tell us a little bit about the tomb because I have no other than the short description on your website. I really don't have a whole lot of grasp of that story mm-hmm. yet, Stephanie. It's coming in the mail. I oh. know. <laughs> Right, it is. In fact, you should be getting it momentarily, like today, probably. Um, well, good. I'll probably but, start yeah, reading the tomb, it then. <laughs> as soon as I, I wanted, I wanted to finish this series because it is about you know the miracles of Jesus, 
with the the big miracle. I mean that that astounding miracle of raising Lazarus from the dead after he's been dead for four days, which just you know. Sometimes we look at that and say, why didn't people just all of a sudden believe in him? How could they witness this and then not know who he was? Um, but mostly I wanted to to take this from Martha's point of view. Because Martha, you know, we hear about her, and she's often portrayed or at least thought of as kind of the lesser sister. Like Mary was doing everything right. right. Mary was sitting yeah. at Jesus' feet. <laughs> But Martha is kind of the cautionary tale. Don't be like Martha. Um, and I think, in a way, that she gets a little bit of a of a bum rap because I think she was a really good disciple, and she was she. There was many good things that Martha did. So I wanted to show, kind of, for one thing, why she was so worried and anxious that she couldn't sit down and listen to Jesus because there had to be some reasons. Um, so I I had to make those up, of course. But sure. um, but I wanted to see her transformation from this worried and anxious woman who was busy serving to the woman who went out to Jesus on the road. He was waiting for her, you know, on the road. Lazarus was dead. He'd been dead for four days, and Jesus didn't come. And still, she had enough faith in him to go out and meet him on the road and say, even now, I know that whatever you ask of God, he will give to you. And I think there's a huge gap between that busy, anxious woman and the the woman who said those words. And I wanted to show her transformation into this this incredible disciple of Jesus. So I've always thought that Mar- Martha's story needed to be told. I've always felt kind of a sympathy for Martha because <laughs> she she wants so much for everything. I think to be to be right and to be perfect sure. and she wants her guests to be served well and mm-hmm. and all this right. and and I can understand I'm certainly not a hostess at all <laughs> and that's probably part sure. of the reason why I could empathize yeah. with her oh gee things are not right and what are people going to think of me and they're in my home and I should have the coffee ready and I should have right. tea for those that want the tea and I of course that's probably not true back in those days but I think you understand what I'm talking about right. with the parallel here the modern day is that yeah. and the the mashed potatoes have to be done when the meat comes out of right. the oven and right. <laughs> I, mean, I can yeah. see this poor lady yeah. running around the house and here's her sister yeah. sitting over in the front room with Jesus and she's thinking come on you know get off of your lazy backside and get out of here in the kitchen and help me right and that's exactly <laughs> right and I think a lot of people miss it and you know Stephanie hit it when she said we we sometimes miss the vital role that Martha plays not only in the story but but as an example of um, the different roles that people play in their lives, the gifts, the talents that they have, and not everyone is a is a Mary, not everyone is a Paul, not everyone you know is is, is a certain. But I think a lot of people gravitate towards uh, Martha because of that what we perceive to be that simpleness yes. that that says, "Hey, I can I can be her, I'm, I, or I am her, <laughs> or look at me, I'm a character in, in that story." And so, hey, I gotta ask Stephanie a question. I've been dying to ever since ever since you sent me the information. I I love this idea of religious fiction, of of Christian mm-hmm. fiction. Yes. And so I I wanted to ask you, uh, Stephanie, you, you know, as an author, and of course I'm not one. Uh, Pat is. I but as a well, I'm re- not much of a as a reader you know as a reader and especially as a pastor uh, the appreciation of of this uh, christian fiction uh, there is a a weight i think that uh, is placed upon christian fiction at least for me of this idea of now we're going outside the bounds or not outside the bounds that's that's a that's a poor way to put it but expanding the story that is in in scripture and and the weight that goes with that in that sense that people say oh boy you got to get it right what's the process that you go through to uh, to expand that story to say okay here's the story i read in scripture now i'm going to i'm going to make this bigger and 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 the what ifs and the whys what's the process that you go through to actually come up with with the fiction part of your writing 
Well, yeah, that's you're very right. There is a weight that goes along with that, I have to say. And had I had any idea how much pressure that can put on me personally, I, I don't know if I would have done religious fic- or biblical fiction. <laughs> <laughs> like, nobody told me. The story of the woman to the well came to me, and I thought, oh, I'll write it and see what happens. Well, I had no idea what I was getting myself into because, yeah, if you're going to write biblical fiction, you – you have to be very careful um, mm-hmm. with the Bible. Obviously, I never want to go against what the Bible says. Now, there's some biblical fiction out there written by, I don't know, maybe non-Christians. I don't, I don't know their religion, but um, they that it does diverge dramatically from the Bible, and I don't like reading that. Um, and I don't, I don't want to write it. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't want to sure. contradict the Bible in any way. Um, and I really don't want to give people a different idea of Jesus than they already have in their heads. You know, that they don't, I don't want to, like, shock them into some new version of Jesus that came from me. I mean, I have, right. I, I don't have the right to do that. Um, so, yeah, my process is very careful. Um, I start out with the biblical account, and I make sure that I know it. In fact, I, I print it out and I put it up so that I, I know exactly what I can't diverge from. Um, and then with other, like, biblical characters, you know, I weave in some, um, some parables, some, some different characters from, from different um, stories of the Bible into my, into my main story. Um, and then those two, they don't diverge from the biblical account. Um, and after that, though, I, got the, I have the framework. After that, I feel like I can do whatever I want with my fictional characters um, and with the plot, as long as it always hangs on that framework of what's already in the Bible. So sometimes that's hard. Yeah, I can imagine. I'm thinking particularly lately the you know Pat the the movies that have come out. We have we had Noah come out, and then of course Exodus of God and Kings and and the the brouhaha that came over the. Those I don't know. <laughs> Did you and see I, those? And I, you know, I have right. to admit, I have not seen. Yeah. Any of them? Yeah, don't go see them. Be, I went and see. I, just, I went and saw them. They but just don't do it. For I don't think. The, I don't think you would appreciate them uh, that much. So, but 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 that was one of the things was that, you know, there were some people who went in thinking, okay, this is going to come right out of my scripture, and, and boy, it didn't. And it people doesn't. were, yeah, right. people yeah. were upset. Yeah. So it yeah, was, you have it, to know what you're getting into. Mm-hmm. You sure do. Yeah, but yeah, and that's I what want, concerns me sometimes. In that you have non-believers mm-hmm. that go to these movies to learn something, and they come out learning half truths <laughs> and untruths, and that's sad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're exactly right. Yeah, it is, and I try to, I try to make it clear, you know, on, on my website, and you know, with any marketing I do that, you know, assure people that I'm not going to be diverging. I'm not going to be doing anything that with Jesus or the disciples or, you know, the people we love in the Bible, even Martha, um, that isn't in Scripture. Now, Martha we don't know very much about, so I did have the freedom right. to expand on her story. <laughs> Some people may not like the Martha that that I, you know, <laughs> that I portrayed. <laughs> <laughs> right, um, but but in that way, it's fiction. Um, but what happened between Martha and Jesus is direct, you know, comes directly out of mm-hmm. out of the gospel. Sure. So. And as far as Jesus goes, I have this little thing, and I know not all authors um, of biblical fiction have a problem with this, but I don't like making up dialogue for Jesus. I just don't think I should be able to do that. I mean, we don't know. He said a lot that we don't know about, Mm -hmm. of course. Every word isn't written down. So there's plenty that he said that we don't know about, but I can't guess what it is. So um, for all of his interactions, I try very hard to um, take them straight out of the Bible, not necessarily what, like, you know, what was right there, in that particular mm-hmm. story, but I take it out of other things that he might that he has said. Like he's having a conversation with Lazarus at dinner, and and I you know bring that I take it out of the 
you know, something he's already talked about with his disciples, like, you know, look at the lilies of the field, and they do not, you know, worry or fret about mm-hmm. their, yeah. you know, what they're going to eat. So I just can't come up with dialogue. I just, I'm uncomfortable with that. <laughs> well, and, and expanding on Derek's question, too, Stephanie, I'm curious to know, do you use different versions of the Bible as you research and that. you read through commentary? Yep. <clears throat> excuse me, through yeah. commentary and all this? Yeah, I was just wondering. Uh, yeah, well. I do. Well, I, I wouldn't say I use, I mean, I use my Bible, and then I read a lot of different commentary. Yeah, just to kind of get um, different takes on, um, you know, what dif- what scholars throughout the ages have said about this particular story. Right. And you know, those are the interesting things that when you find them out can lend a, a new twist to your story that's, you know, like, for example, with Martha, I was reading um, a commentary, and I can't remember, but several scholars have have noticed this, that Martha is the one who welcomes Jesus in to have dinner, you know, like welcomes mm-hmm. him into Bethany. And so many people think that that meant that Martha was the head of the family, that she's the oldest, and that her parents were dead, because otherwise her dad would welcome Jesus, or her older brother, if Lazarus was older than her, he would be the one welcoming Jesus because of the customs of the times. But it's very clear that Martha welcomed him. Um, And so that gave me the idea that, oh, Lazarus is younger than her. I've always thought of him as this old guy. but Mm -hmm. Me too. um, (laughs) He could... Yeah, he could have been young. There really isn't anything about his age in the scripture, and it's very—it's pretty clear that Martha was the oldest. So that really twisted my story into a whole new concept of Lazarus as a younger brother that she's taking care of and that she's watching over, and that gets sick, and she's the one who has to figure out what to, you know, what to do, whether to call Jesus to save him. So. So I love that. And so sometimes those commentaries, the more you read, the more your story develops. <laughs> sure. Yeah. And I, and I don't think a a lay a layperson like me, when you pick up a book to read it, especially biblical fiction or or I guess any story, you don't really think about the tools that authors use to create that story. You don't think of an author Sitting at his or her typewriter, or or you know, for the old for the the old throwbacks, <laughs> or their computers, with with uh, these tools of of different types of commentary, different types of of uh, versions or translations of scripture, sitting around them. You like to think of of that author just sitting there, just it just flowing out of. <laughs> and, well, it doesn't. It doesn't. Yeah. Oh. It really Wouldn't goes that be to nice? show. Yeah, it really goes to show the work that goes into being an author and the creation of that, and the different things that you use and pull in, and especially when you're talking about uh, fiction. I know Pat, you were talking about your, you know, writing about the the, the West and the, and this and 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 really getting a grasp on that fiction, uh, fiction, and and just like Stephanie was saying, that whole idea of. Especially when you're doing biblical fiction, making sure I, I, I'm going I'm to get it right, and so that's a that's a different uh, paradigm that I that I think of when I when it comes to writing type of, type of thing, the study that goes into it, the craft sure. of it. Well, part of the reason I even asked the question, Stephanie, is that right now I'm going through the Life Application Study Bible, mm-hmm. which I just love because it has so many footnotes, and I'm following the one year reading schedule. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm oh, going yeah. on three years and getting it read, but who cares? Mm-hmm. What difference does it make? Right. If it takes 365 yeah. days or a thousand days, you right, know. Right. But then right. after that, I want to go back and read through the message again mm-hmm. because they're two and they're they're the same, but they're so different. They just give you a different perspective on things. If I had the time, I would read a chapter out of one and then a chapter sure. out of the other, but I just don't have the time for that. Sure. So. But yeah, anyway, yeah. that's kind of mm-hmm. what brought the question to my mind. Mm-hmm. Stephanie, mm-hmm. I know from re- from your website that you love to travel and you have traveled to some very interesting and exciting places and had some wonderful adventures. Can you tell us a little bit about some of your favorites? Oh, 
sure. Yeah, I do love to travel, and I've I've been really lucky um, that I was able to. I, I mean, I worked hard on my summer jobs when I was young, and um, I've always been grateful to my parents because they're open to new ideas. Even though I'm the youngest of five children, um, when I asked them when I was 17 if I could spend all of the money I'd ever earned in my life to go to Europe for the summer, they said, um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and they let me. And I'm still like, really, you let me? That was awesome. <laughs> uh, and that really started my my love of travel. Um, and so, yeah, when I'm able to, I, I get away and do stuff. And, of course, I was a history major in college. And so, you know, I thought that was important that I travel to some of the places that I'd studied also. Um, and I, I've just had some good opportunities to go places. So I, I take them. And it is. It's always a great experience, no matter if you end up stranded somewhere or if it is you know, the most perfect and it, everything works out just as planned. It's always a good experience. So, Have you I been to the Holy kids. Land? That is the one place I haven't been. And oh. I've been just, I cannot believe it. Everybody asks me that. Um, <laughs> and I haven't been there. And I'd love to go. I have to admit, my husband's not thrilled with that idea. He's been really good about letting me go places sometimes without him. And that's one place he doesn't want to go and he doesn't want me to go. <laughs> Yeah, it's not the safest place children. right now. <laughs> he's not. He's, yeah, he thinks it's, yeah. I think it would be all right. But he says, no, it's not safe. <laughs> he would worry too much. <laughs> so, yeah. But I'd say my most memorable travel has been with my family because my kids are at a great age where we can, you know, really enjoy going places together. They're all either young adults or teens. Um, and so, and they love to travel. So last year we went to Scotland, and it was oh, fantastic. Fun. Yeah, they're big outdoors kids, and we spent a lot of time hiking, and we went to Isle of Skye, and it's just such a great family experience to be together, all six of us, in a tiny little car on the tiny narrow roads of Scotland, hoping we don't hit a sheep. <laughs> and then getting out and hiking in these mountains that are just, you know, incredible. So I'd say family trips are are my favorite. Oh, it sounds absolutely mm-hmm. wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> Stephanie, we've got a break coming up here in a couple of minutes, but when we return, I'm going to pick your brain some more about some of your travels because you mentioned a couple of things on your website that piqued my interest. In the meantime, okay. I would like to remind our listeners that Stephanie can be found on the Internet at Stephanie Lansom, L-A-N-D-S-E-M dot com. She can also be found on Facebook under the same name. And she can be found on Twitter at Steph Lansom. Uh, also, I didn't mention where I can be found if anybody has... If anybody's looking for to me. find me, if anyone... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> didn't know I was lost, but if anyone wants to find me... <laughs> Patty Sheen is can, lost. Could we get some help in finding exactly. her? Exactly. <laughs> They they can find me at Patty Sheen, P-A-T-T-I-S-H-E-N-E dot com. They can also find me on Facebook. Actually, on Facebook, I have a an author page, which mm-hmm. is a literally speaking Yes, that's page. right. And on Twitter, I am at Patty Sheen. I love to connect with folks. If you connect with me on Twitter, I'll follow you back. If you... Like me on Facebook, I'll like you back. If you visit my website and leave a comment on any of my blogs, I will respond. So I like to engage with with folks. So Mm -hmm. if anyone wants to connect with me in the cyber world, I would love to hear from you all. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, when we return from our break, we're going to announce the winner of last week's giveaway. And we also have a giveaway coming up later on in the show. So we will be right back with you. We are here at Literally Speaking on Blog Talk Radio and the Road Less Traveled Internet Ministries. Our guest today is Stephanie Lansom, and we will be back in about five minutes. If you watch a game, it's fun. If you play it, it's recreation. But if you work at it, 
golf. A golf course should aspire to generate as much energy as it consumes. And four miles north of Marion, Indiana, is a golf course that does just that. 6,690 yards of pure energy. Arbor Trace Golf Club is a course that's beauty is matched only by its bite. A course that can test not only the steel of one's nerves, but the metal of their irons. It's a course for the beginner who desires to learn the game as well as the player who is ready to challenge it. So whether you're looking to play just for the fun of the game or the opportunity to work hard on it, Arbor Trace Golf Club is the course for you. Give Arbor Trace Golf Club a shot because in golf, the most important shot you ever make is the next one. Hello to all of Derek's listeners. Thanks, Derek, for giving me time to share my heart's passion, encouraging cancer, long-term illness patients, and their families. Gilead is an outreach that encourages over 2,400 people in 38 states. Our goal is to bring hope and help to those on the journey through the unknowns of treatment, family stress, and spiritual questions. One such story is Eric, whose senior year in high school was interrupted by the cancer that he was diagnosed with, interrupting a three-sport high school year. It changed his life and his perspective. Today, Eric's family oversees a foundation helping to find a cure. We're currently in our 15th year. would love to have you as a partner, either as a volunteer or a gift financially. Look for us on Facebook at Gilead Ministries. Stay connected to what matters most with high-speed service from Seacom. For the home, we offer access where you need it most. Whether you're looking for high-speed Internet or an in-home voice package or both, Seacom has your house covered. Send emails, download music, and surf the web with the fastest service in southeast Colorado. Our two-way wireless connections offer download speeds of up to 15 megabytes, but with a fiber connection, the sky is the limit. For the business, Seacom offers voice plans, broadband internet, DSL, and Ethernet circuits. Our fully integrated Metro Ethernet platform segregates your data traffic logically at the switch, avoiding the latency of multiple routers and quality of service overhead. With only a single router between you and our nationwide backbone carriers, you really will experience the Internet at the speed of light. We also offer point-to-point data links to connect all of your business locations. And if you're looking for carrier-grade data transport or dark fiber, look no further than Seacom's extensive privately-owned fiber network. We own and maintain our own network with more than 1,200 miles of fiber and growing throughout southeast Colorado. So whether you're looking for dark fiber, for cable, a dedicated corporate network, or carrier-grade data transport. Seacom has the answers. Visit us at seacom.net or call us at 1-800-657-7149. Seacom, world-class communications right in your backyard. approached country musician Colt Ford to produce an energy drink, they knew immediately it had to be as real and authentic as Colt himself. Knuckle Energy's southern-style sweet tea is created using a traditional sweet tea recipe that has been passed down in Georgia from generation to generation. Using a southern tea blend as the basis, as did the Ford family and many others, what Knuckle Energy has created is a product that has a fresh, light lemon zest with an energy supplement. To make this product as authentic as possible, Knuckle Energy has crafted a product that is 100% American-made, just like Colt Ford. So at the end of the day, if you find yourself lacking that energy that you need, don't knuckle under. Chicken and biscuit. Knuckle up. Knuckle Energy drink. Find it at a come-and-go convenience store near you. Welcome back to Litspeak with Patty Sheen on Blog Talk Radio. Hi, we're glad to have you right back here with us on the Road Less Traveled Internet Ministries and Litspeak. And our guest today is Stephanie Lansom. We'll get back with Stephanie in a moment, but first we have to announce the winner of our giveaway from last week. And no, Derek, it's not you, so don't even I know, it's not me. (laughs) There is a disappointment that is flooding the studio at this very moment. Little black clouds are flying around and tears are running down Derek's cheeks. Tears are flowing, yes. I'm so sorry. But I'm happy for our winner. (laughs) 
the winner of our well, let's explain what our giveaway was from right. last week. First, last week we had a, a lady by the name of Halo Matzel. Halo was an amazing lady. She is a brain tumor survivor, and she has written a memoir entitled Halo Found Hope. And she very generously offered a giveaway of that last week, an autographed copy, actually, of her book. And the winner is Tracy Sockwriter. Tracy Sockwriter. Tracy is a neat, neat lady. Oh, so you know Tracy. Yes, I do. So this when, was fixed. When my husband was... You, you, no, I used the random.org thing. You, You're always accusing you me You deliberately of made it so that I would not win. No. I see I how this is going not. down. Okay. I did All right. not. <laughs> no, this was... Totally fair. Random.org. That's right. Totally Tracy Sockwriter, fair. congratulations. Yes. <laughs> yes, great. when when my husband was in the hospital up there in Colorado Springs, Tracy came all the way down from Castle Rock, which is a fair drive, just to have a cup of coffee with me. Oh, no <laughs> kidding. She's a sweetheart. Oh, how neat. Oh, well, yeah. I, am, I am so we glad. We had never then. met each other in person. We had done some work together with some editing and Fantastic. had never met each other other than by, via email. So it was just really cool to to be able to visit with her. Very nice. So Tracy is our winner this week, and thank you so much to, to Halo for offering a copy, an autographed copy of her of her book. Mm-hmm. And now it's time to get back to Stephanie. Mm-hmm. Steph, I told you I was going to pick your brain here about your travels. I'm under the impression that you were backpacking through Germany and Eastern Europe at a very young age. Is that true? Yes, I I did. Why my parents you, never let me do that, I don't know. Did you do this all by yourself, or did you have friends? Or I can't imagine being that brave. Well, yeah, it started out, it's one of those things that kids do to their parents in a way. They tell them <laughs> that it's going to be all really safe and I'm going to be in a group. <laughs> and, then, Why? and then they... And then when they get over the ocean, they just kind of do what they want. But it, I didn't plan it that way. No, I went with a group. Um, I've always studied German. And so I was studying German in high school, and my German teacher um, offered to take us, take a group to Germany for, I think it was supposed to be three weeks or something like that. Um, and so I wanted to do that. My parents gave permission for that. It was before my senior year in high school, yeah. Um, but once we got over there, we just, we've discovered that you could actually, you know, change your plane ticket home <laughs> if you wanted to. <laughs> and so I called my parents quickly and said, I'm just going to stay. I still have money. And so um, after my, you know, time, up with the, time was up with the group, I went with um, some friends, one of whom was in her 20s. So, you know, we felt like we were safe with a 22-year-old, um, the three <laughs> of us girls. And we spent a lot of time, yeah, just traveling around. We did get to go to Eastern Europe when it was still the communist bloc, which was amazing. Now when I look back on it that I got to do that. Um, And we went to um, Italy and Greece and spent pretty much the whole summer on a shoestring and came home happy. (laughs) (laughs) And and to very happy parents who said, don't ever do that to us again. Yeah, they did. (laughs) I see here on on your website you talk about eating and I'm sure I misspelled this word gelato. Yeah, gelato. Oh, gelato. Oh, tell me what my gelato favorite is. food group. I'm curious what I saw that. <laughs> oh, it's a fantastic ice cream that um, really is all over Europe, but mostly um, in Italy is where gelato is most popular. And they have these huge gelato gelaterias they're called, and they're just like a big ice cream shop. So it's very like, like ice our cream, but it's stone here, huh? <laughs> kind of. It's really, really rich, and you only get a tiny little bowl of it, but it, it's perfectly fine because it's so, um, it's so rich. And oh, for delicious. goodness' sake! Isn't that funny? When I read that word, I'm thinking some kind of Italian food, like a pasta. Just goes to show. Yeah. <laughs> That's a South. If you ever find some, I highly food. recommend that you get some gelato. <laughs> Yeah, oh, it's good. Pat, I was wondering if I, uh, Stephanie, I was, uh, I was as I'm sitting here listening to you, I'm wondering how how has your travels, uh, every place that you've been from from young to to family and everything, how has that impacted your writing or has it? 
That was oh, my next yes. question. He took it right out of my mouth, Stephanie. I have, see, you <laughs> took my other it. one. So. <laughs> he, he stole your question. Um, it really has. I mean, I don't think that I could come up with characters and um, even the settings if I hadn't seen so many, you know, different countries. And, and I think the, the big thing that it teaches you, and that's this is why I encourage my children to travel, is um, – the people are very different. Cultures can be so extremely different than what we're used to in America, I mean, especially as Americans. We don't understand how other people live sometimes. The poverty, um, you know, just stuff we just don't get. Um, so the so cultures are so different than ours, and yet when you get to know the people, which is the best part of travel, is when you actually connect with someone through the language barrier, you get to know them, and you realize they're very much like us. We're all the same. I mean, God created us all with these needs to to connect with others, to have a family, to to know our purpose in life, to to understand God and to find God. I mean, that's all within each human person, whether they're mm-hmm. you know in Brazil or you know here in Minnesota or you know wherever Morocco. They're all we're all, we all have that same. Need, those same needs, and I think that's the best part of travel is when you realize that. And, and when, when I when I write, of course, that's the you know that's how I do my characters. Like they might be very different, but they all have these these you know basic needs that we know about. We can understand. If you had a choice of anywhere in the world to live besides the United States, where would you go and why? <laughs> That's so hard. That's, that's like a, that's a dinner time conversation that we have at our house all the time. Isn't it um, really Yeah. Well, I loved Scotland so much. It was so such a beautiful um, area and very um, the the people are fantastic. So I would like a little cottage in the Isle of Skye in Scotland. That's my current answer to that question. <laughs> and I think of Scotland. I know very little about it, but like you mentioned, the sheep on the road. Is it really like that? Is there a lot of sheep oh, yeah. herding that goes on there? The sheep are everywhere, and they really believe that they own the road. Like, you are trespassing on their road. Well, I wondered about that. Is there, like, a, a right-of-way right rules that they haven't helped you if you herd a sheep? You know, sheep. Don't, yeah. Don't hit a sheep. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I, would hate to, I would hate to have an angry Scotsman on, you know, coming after me. That's all. <laughs> and bagpipes. That's the other thing in Scotland. Right. Is that true? Is there still bagpipes over there? Oh, we saw, uh, you know, some in the touristy places. There was certainly bagpipes. But what we were, what we found interesting was that men actually do wear kilts, like just on a daily basis. Like there's a lot of men who just wear their kilts. You know, like our men wear jeans. I had to uh, meet a gentleman one time when I was going to speak at a writers' conference uh-huh. in an airport, and I didn't know him, and he didn't know me. And he met me with a kilt. Did he say, "I'm and, the guy. Uh, I'll be the guy wearing the kilt." And, no, <laughs> oh. he didn't. Oh. And I wanted to say, you know, if you had said that, it was strange because he sat down next to me and he was kind of looking around. And I was kind of looking around. And finally, he <laughs> "Are you whatever his name was? Are you Patty?" Uh, yes. Yeah. Was, I'm just I, sitting here just, waiting for a guy wearing a kilt. I just remember thinking, <laughs> oh, if only you had told me that you were wearing a kilt, I would have known. Some people it's the red rose, some people it's a black shirt. People yeah. from Scotland, I'll mm-hmm. be the guy in the kilt. Exactly. It turned out to be a wonderful couple. In fact, yeah. I, yeah, I had a real nice uh, <laughs> couple of days over there, but it was just funny. It is now time. Oh, yeah. This is Derek's favorite part of the show Yay! is when we do our giveaway and Derek has a special jingle that he uses yes. so have it <laughs> it's time for Let's Speak Literary Steel of the Week love the echo of it <laughs> I know you do I, I must say we're all about imagination on the show, and this is quite imaginative. Hey, it is imaginative. It came right out of my brain. came right out of your brain. I know that every author we have on, Stephanie, I have to apologize. They're probably thinking, 
That's the music they're using to give away my book. I can't believe so. Apologies, <laughs> Stephanie. I am so sorry. I got I got stuck on that. And I can't get it out of my head. <laughs> you should see the comments. My guests email me after I get home. Oh, that's that. okay. No, really. that's, that's fine. That's 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 <laughs> no, awesome. That's not awesome. really. I'm just trying. What to are we What are we giving away? Stephanie has mm-hmm. very generously offered a copy of all three of her books in the Living Water series. Mm-hmm. So that is The Well, The Thief, and The Tomb, a novel of Martha. Thank you very much, Stephanie. We certainly appreciate that. And I'm sure well, that welcome. whoever whoever <laughs> wins the giveaway will definitely appreciate it. If I don't win this time, I'm just quitting. Well, that's uh, all right. That's you can just quit for uh, all weekend. I'm just, I'm just quitting. I'm shutting the studio down, Pat. <laughs> oh, well, I'll have to find somebody else. <laughs> Look at that. I'm trying to strong arm you on the Let's Speak giveaway. How bad is that? Okay. <laughs> how do so they win? How the way people have to win. Or how do I win? win? How do the we way win? You win is to go to my website, mm-hmm. which again is www.pattysheen.com, and you will find when I get it up here mm-hmm. active, you will find a page under the Blog Talk Radio tab that says. Actually, I renamed it Let's Speak Literal Steel of the Week. There you go. Let's Speak Literal <laughs> Steel of the Week. So that yes, yes. you go there and you and find you it. You go and there and you find it. And at the very bottom, <clears throat> there is a description of what we're giving away this week. And when you find that, you will um, simply go to the bottom and leave a comment. And there, three questions will be asked when you leave a comment. This is just a part of the way the website is uh, is set up. Mm-hmm. The questions are, what is your name? Where are you from? And where you're from can be very generic. You can say just your state or even just your country if you When like I sign to. in this time, I'm going to put Scotland. <laughs> you are, huh? That's, yeah, I am. And, uh, Me too. <laughs> See, Steph's, Steph's <laughs> with me on this one. And... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the, the third thing they ask for is your email address, which, of course, is something that you have to put on there because right. it's the only way I have of contacting a person when they win. However, be assured I do not use emails for scam or spam or phishing mm-hmm. or phising or whatever they call it or anything of that nature. I just simply <laughs> use it to notify you that you want the book or the book, so please trust me. Please trust yeah, me. Yeah, please trust me. Yeah. And... Uh, that's about all there is to it. We yeah. do the drawing on. I do the drawing. Uh, it ends on Monday, the which will be the sixth of April. Sixth of April. Next week, at uh, eight p.m. It gives me mountain time Standard to, Time. No, Mountain Daylight. Or Mountain time. Daylight Standard. Oh, yeah, whatever time it is here in La Junta. That's, what that's time, what whatever it, yeah. time it is in yeah. Los Angeles and La Junta. If you don't know what it is, then you can Google it. Yeah, so, yeah exactly. Yeah. And it's all done by random.org. It's all done by random.org, so that means everybody, everybody, Derek, has an equal chance. Which doesn't seem fair to me, but <laughs> <laughs> but away oh, oh, we away we go with it, I guess. There you uh, yeah. go. Yeah. Yeah. So that page is up now, I believe, here. And it is active. And, and, uh, it and is active, and people can go in and sign up. And please be aware also, though, that uh, when when a person leaves a comment on any of my my blog pages, mm-hmm. that they need to be approved by me. Mm-hmm. So I have to physically go in and do that. So if I'm in a place where I can't get to the website right away, your comment won't appear until mm-hmm. it gets approval. And I try to do it within five to ten minutes, but if I'm on the road or something, then I just can't get to it. Don't give up on me. Your comment mm-hmm. will appear just as soon as I'm able to put it on there. I wanted to ask Stephanie a question because, and and from the from the titles of the the books, uh, and if if you you have already done this, Stephanie, then then I apologize, and I've just missed it. Um, do you have you considered, or have you thought about, or is it is it one of your goals? Do you ever thought about doing uh, writing a story f- uh, from Old Testament uh, biblical history? I have. Um... As I think a lot of writers would probably tell you, we're never at a loss for ideas. I mean, I probably have ten ideas for books, and five mm-hmm. of them are most likely Old Testament. I'd love to do um, a Cain and Abel story. I just 
think Ooh. that would be fascinating. Um, yes. And then there's a few other Old Testament that I that I think would be really fun to do. Now, research for Old Testament is a little tougher. Oh yeah. I think that <laughs> sure I mean it's hard enough. It's hard enough for New Testament, but Old Testament really, especially going way back, like Cain and Abel, you have to mm-hmm. use a lot of imagination. Um, but still, I'd love to do it. It'd be a great challenge. So yes, <laughs> it's it's all they're all out there. New ideas and Old Testament is one of them. One of my Old Testament favorites is the story of Joseph. Mm-hmm. And one of the oh, New know. Testament favorites that I would love to see a good story written around is the story of Peter when he denies Jesus three times. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. To me, that is just, that one just gets to me. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I was actually thinking about that the other day and how neat it would be to do a story of Peter and then and then that servant girl who who's the one who challenges him would be yes. a neat mm-hmm. Fictional character to to get in there, and it's like, hmm. So yeah, ideas are always percolating. Like that would be a good story. That would be a good story. It's the time that you need. Stephanie, I wanted to throw this question out, and this isn't a yes or no question. This is a question that I think the three of us can can discuss. Mm-hmm. It would be kind of fun as Derek as a as a former pastor, and me as whatever I am. You <laughs> fiction. <laughs> What what do we collectively think the significance of Jesus raising of Lazarus from the dead is for Christians today? Yeah, that is a that's a big question. I mean, you could probably talk about it all week. Mm-hmm. You could, you could. But I was thinking about me, this on the way up here. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, for me, as I was writing the book and looking at it, um, I kind of I kind of think of it as like this this real last chance that he was giving people. I mean, he'd done so much. He'd he'd had so many miracles, and they were all, you know, very personal miracles, like person to person. He didn't, like, sweep mm-hmm. his hand over a crowd and heal them all. And And he could have, but he didn't do it. That's not the way Jesus worked. He worked on a personal level, one-to-one with people. And this was, like, this last huge gift that he was giving all of his followers and all of the people who believed in him that says, look what I can do, like, to get them ready for what was going to happen to him and so that they did not despair when he died. They still despaired, but this was, you know, his way of saying, you know, don't don't despair, look what I can do. Um, so I guess that's kind of my take on it. Yeah, I think I think that it, just like you were saying, Stephanie, it has so many arms to it, and just like any story that Jesus uh, is involved with, there's there's so many different things that go out from. One of the parts that I like about it too is the compassion that it shows that Christ has for us in in the fact of He wept that 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 part in the story yes. that that shows that. Something that that happened within uh, the framework of of his his friends, his followers, and everything impacted him so much that that even though even though you know you look at it and say, okay, Lazarus was going to be raised from the dead, and 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 all of those things, this power that was sitting there, he was overcome. <laughs> by emotion for something that impacted creation. I don't know if you're familiar with <clears throat> singer and humorist Aaron Wilburn, Mm-mm. but he sings a song entitled Four Days Late. Oh. And it is Come about in. the story of Lazarus. And one mm-hmm. of the lines in that song is, even when he's four days late, he's right on time. He's right on Oh, that's a great line. Yes. Oh, I love that song. Yeah, I have his CD with that. and. Yeah. And I think that's part of what what I like about the story is that even when we think our last hope is gone, it's gone. the Lord steps in and... God's timing is perfect. And, and yeah. whatever yeah. his plan is, mm-hmm. of course, this, in my opinion, and I'm sure other people agree, is that it was to glorify God yeah. to be able to yeah. to 
raise a, a person from the dead like that. Yeah. But I think we as Christians, I know I as a Christian have a very hard time, I think we all do, grasping, even in Christ's resurrection, mm-hmm. that realization of somebody who was dead coming back to life. Back it's to life. just very, sure. very difficult. Sure. It's a powerful story. Well, sure it is. And, and Stephanie, I wanted to personally thank you. I know Pat and I have talked about this, but but as a pastor and, and as an individual who tries to convey these stories and the meaning of these stories and, and uh, how God uh, wants us to learn from these stories, uh, for your writing, because I think a lot of the times, and Pat, I think you've said this, uh, individuals who read stories like like your books um, get a, a a better understanding, a deeper understanding of a story that maybe we just learned in Sunday school and right. we got the facts about it, uh, or 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 the bone, but none of the meat. And and stories like yours really help individuals uh, explore what God has for us in Scripture. So I wanted to personally thank you for your for your work and your writing um, that that makes such an impact on the body of Christ. Oh, thank it, you. And, I mean, it's an honor to be able to do it, and I think it was just kind of given to me by God. I was, didn't plan it. I didn't ask for it. And sometimes I wish it hadn't been handed to me. But, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it so was. Yeah. 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 And, I mean, if people can connect emotionally, sometimes they can understand something better or, you know, if they feel it. And that's what fiction does, and Patty knows this too. Fiction ha- helps us connect emotionally um, mm-hmm. and be that person. And I think sure that's but one way that people can connect more closely to the Bible. So I'm glad that I mm-hmm. can do it. It takes people uh, from from biblical history and humanizes them mm-hmm. and puts them in a a mode where we can actually see them as human beings living out their right. life like we do every day. Right. Stephanie, right. I'm sad to say we are about out of time. Yes, that's it's it. Well, that went fast. We could go on for another hour. And <laughs> I know. We'll have to have Stephanie back. Says, no. We'll have to have Stephanie back. That would, that would be awesome. I have just tons of questions that I could ask her, so we'll, we'll have to have well, her back on the show. I'd be happy to. I, I do want to remind <laughs> our fun. viewers to please please go to Stephanie's website, which is stephanielanson.com. Mm-hmm. Go to uh, Stephanie's uh, Facebook page. And be sure and, and follow Stephanie on Twitter at Steph Lansom if if you're a Twitter a tweeter. Twitter. And okay. also I would like to encourage folks to come to my website at pattysheen.com dot com mm-hmm. and go to the literally speaking literal steel of the week yes. page and sign up for the giveaway you have until next Monday night at eight o'clock Mountain Daylight Time. Yeah. So be sure and get that done this week because these are wonderful books. Yeah. Stephanie, and thank you so much for being on the show. Sure, appreciate you being here and taking the time to spend with us, Stephanie. We enjoyed it ever so much. Thanks. It was great talking to both of you. All thank right. You. God bless you. God bless you. Mm-hmm. You too. Give us a little preview here of next week. What's coming up next, next week? Next week will be the 7th of April, and we have an author by the name of Ada Brownell. Mm-hmm. Ada is a former medical journalist and religion writer. In fact, she wrote quite extensively, I believe, for the Pueblo Chieftain, Derek. No kidding. Yeah, yeah. So neat. She's the creator of uh, several books of different genres, and we'll be talking about some of them. She is a lady of great faith, and I love her brand, which is Stick to Your Soul Encouragement. Mm. So I'm excited to have Ada next week. Be looking forward to that. Yes, yes. And we invite our listeners to come back to Literally Speaking next week right here at 8 a.m. Mountain Daylight Time. Every Tuesday morning you'll find us. Our shows are also archived Mm -hmm. and can be found. Just go to my website and there's an archive page that has a direct link to all of the shows. And you'll be able to access anyone. Mm -hmm. And we'd love to have you listen and as always, we encourage you throughout the coming week to let your heart be open to what God is telling you through your imagination and act upon it. Thank you so much for listening with us, and we'll look forward to having you back next week. God bless you, everyone. There is a in every soul, some brightly burning, some dark and cold. 
Oh, oh, oh. 